Well, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness and your covenants. We pray uh, that your word would go forth uh, through me, O God, from you to encourage, to edify, to build up your people, O God, your community. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, two weeks ago, uh, I gave the sermon and uh, I talked a little bit about calling. If you recall, uh, this, uh, how many of you remember this, this sermon? All right? Okay. Or if you were here, all right, maybe you were here and don't remember, that's okay. I'll give you a little uh, reminder. So, we talked about. Um, humility. And we looked at the calling of each of uh, a lot of people, um, figures in Scripture, and that humility turns our inadequacy into hope. And why is that? Because we say, I can't, right? But we don't get stuck there. We say, but God, you can. You can through me. All right? And we talked also about respecting God's timing and trusting his process. And we remembered that David, King David, was anointed way, way, way before he ever became king. There was a lot in between that he kind of went through. So we understand that there's a process in walking in our calling and our purpose. And then at the end, we turned that into walking it out here in the congregation, right? And both, and it was really neat, the Ruach um, used uh, Clarissa and uh, Jerry. If you remember, they, they spoke on similar themes. Um, so, so the calling is, it, uh, the way that it works in the congregation is that it, it's something that blesses others and something that God has asked us to do. Amen? So that's where we are. So today I want to build on that, right? And I, what I believe, uh, what I sense, is the next step in this process, okay? So I want to look at Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Samuel. And th- all of these individuals, they all said the same phrase at one point in their journey. Does anyone have a guess as to what that phrase is? <laughs> Why me? It sounds like why me. <laughs> oh, couldn't you choose someone else for a change? No, that, that, w- that would be a tevia. All right. Um, so all of them said he nani. Let's, let's try that together. He nani. And what does that mean? Here I am, right? It comes from uh, the Hebrew root of it is he which is usually translated like look or behold. Or, or something just to kind of get your attention. But when you add the knee to it, that means look at me. It's like here I am, right? And it's a sense of surrender. People uh, usually say this to the Lord. So what happens is the Lord calls them or speaks to them, and they say, Hineni. They say, here I am. Behold, it's me, Right? Um, so we're going to look at uh, a couple instances of this, see if we can find any patterns. Is that okay? All right. So Genesis 22, the Lord calls Abraham um, to do something. He says, and Abraham says, Hineni. And then the Lord says, take your son, your only son, whom you love, 
right? And then we know the rest of the story where Abraham has to trust God with his only son, his most important possession, the child of the promise, right? If we go back to the covenant that the Lord promised he would bring descendants through Isaac, right? That would number be more than the stars in the sky. And this is what the Lord asked him to do when Abraham says, Hineni. It's pretty daunting, right? Yes, right? Okay. <laughs> right? Because think about that. He says, Hineni, he's surrendering. And now the Lord says, okay, take your son. But there's more to come in the scriptural narrative as we see. Genesis 31, we have Jacob. Jacob, he says, Hineni, after the Lord calls him. And then God says at this point, go back to the land where you were born. Go back to the land where you were born. And there's somebody back there that, that Jacob left a long time ago. Do we remember who that was at this point? Esau, right? So he stole the birthright, and he tricked Esau, and he tricked his father, and he ran away. He ran away from Esau, and then he kind of was, the Lord used Laban, right, in his life, his father-in-law, to kind of work out some of his character issues, right? And then the Lord said, okay, I'm calling you. Jacob said, Hineni, and he said, I want you to go back to Esau. Why did he need to go back to Esau? What, what was there that the Lord wanted to do? Reconciliation, Right? Now, this is the first instance that I can see of reconciliation between two people in Scripture. There's a lot of conflict up until this point. Think about Cain and Abel, never reconciled. Isaac and Ishmael. Sarah and Hagar. Rachel and Leah, right? Even all the way up to Jacob's life, right? His wives. They, there, was no, there was never any reconciliation there. So this is, this is, I would say, a turning point in Scripture, right? Where the Lord, Jacob says, Hineni, and then the Lord says, go back to Esau, and he reconciles with him. It's not a full restoration, right? They, but they, they're, they're okay, right? They've, they've forgiven each other. There's a sense that, um, that he's come back, and Esau says, I have all that I need, right? And uh, Jacob comes back different. He comes back to him, he says, he says, I'm your servant now, right? The way he talks to Esau, he says, my Lord, and he brings him gifts, right? So he is, he's humbled, he's different, right? And this paves the way for, for all the other reconciliation that comes in the narrative. Who is Jacob's son? Joseph, right? Jacob's son, Joseph, is, that's, then we get the full restoration, the full reconciliation between brothers. But it starts with Jacob, and it starts with him saying, what? Hineni, here I am. All right, so let's go a little bit further. Genesis 37. Joseph says it, all right? Um, so Israel, his father, this is actually between um, Joseph and his father, uh, Israel, otherwise known as Jacob. He says, aren't your brothers pasturing the sheep in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And Joseph answered, Hineni, he said, here I am. He said, go now, see whether things are going well with your brothers and with the sheep 
and bring word back to me. So this is obviously at the beginning of the story, right? So what happens after this? After he says, Hineni. He gets thrown in a well, right? <laughs> yeah, no good, right? <laughs> but that's the beginning of, as Rabbi Russ talked about, that's the beginning of his hero's journey. That's the beginning of Joseph's process, right, that brings him to the place where he can forgive and reconcile with his brothers, right? Go, go check on your brothers. See how things are going, right? But we see that if we look at the whole story, we see restoration. Genesis 46. Somebody says it again. Jacob, again, says he nae In a vision at night, this is uh, Genesis 46, verse 3. Uh, verse 2, sorry. In a vision at night, God called to Israel, or Jacob, Yaakov, Yaakov. He answered, here I am, Hineni. He said, I am God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go to Egypt. It is there that I will make you into a great nation. Not only will I go with you into Egypt, I will also bring you back here again after Yosef has closed your eyes. So what is the context of this? Right? I probably should have said that earlier, but uh, if you can keep that, keep that picture in mind. Okay? So, what's happened? Jacob discovers that his son, Joseph, is A, still alive, and B, happens to be the prime minister of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. So he says, and he's, he's old, and he's tired, and he's been through a lot, but the Lord is encouraging him, and he says, when he says, Hineni, he says, go. He says, go back to Egypt to see your son, and Joseph will close your eyes, right, when you sleep. And, but there's a hint here. Not only will I go down to you, with you to Egypt, I will bring you back. I'll bring you out of Egypt after Joseph has closed your eyes. I'll bring you back out of Egypt, Right? So here we see that Hineni is connected to what? The exodus. It's connected to God's faithfulness, connected to the covenant, right? Interesting. Exodus 3, 4. Moses says, Hineni, after the Lord calls him from a burning bush. He turns aside. Oh, this is burning. Let me check this out, right? We talked about this last time. And then the Lord says, I am the God of your fathers. It's the same thing he said to Jacob, the God of your fathers, Abe, Izzy, and Jake, right? Yeah? This doesn't sound quite as majestic when you say it with the nicknames, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why does the Lord say that? Why does the Lord identify himself that way? Because of the covenant, the promise with Abraham to make him into a great nation, to be a blessing to all the other nations, right? God is recalling to, his, uh, to these individuals his faithfulness, right, through the covenant. So he says, Hineni, God says, I'm the God of your fathers, and then he gives them a really great instruction that we know Moses is going to love. Go to, go to Pharaoh, go to Egypt, right? And tell him to let my people go. And we heard about, last time, about the negotiation that happened there. I was like, well, I'm not a good speaker, but can't you send someone else? What if they don't believe me, right? There's a process there. But the Hineni, 
begins that process, right, of the Lord working through Moses and the Lord working through us. 1 Samuel 3, 4. This is my last example. Samuel. Samuel says it. Hineni, right? When uh, Eli, he's, so he's in the, there's like a, a little worship center in Shiloh, and uh, the, he, there's Eli and his sons, but his sons are corrupt, right? They're not, not good guys, but they're running the, uh, running the service there of the, uh, um, the offerings and things like that, um, but they're desecrating the tent of meeting, okay? So in this context, uh, Samuel has never heard the Lord before, so he thinks it's Eli, so he keeps going over to Eli. Was it, were you calling me, Eli? No, go back to sleep. Oh, okay. So Samuel goes back to sleep. And then he hears, hears his name again, Samuel, Samuel. So he goes. So this happens three times. And the last time, Eli says, oh, it must be Hashem is calling Samuel. So this time he says to tell, tell the Lord, uh, Hineni, here I am, speak, for your servant is listening, right? And then we start the ministry of Samuel. The Lord calls him to be an instrument actually for judgment, for um, a little bit of, let's say, um, judgment and, what's the word I want? Um, <laughs> uh, discipline, right? Discipline on uh, Eli and on his sons. So the Lord calls him to that, and the Lord uses Samuel in an amazing way. Remember, this is the child that Hannah um, when she, she was barren, and the Lord gave, gave her Samuel, and he was dedicated to the Lord from before he was born, right? Talk about calling, right? But the Lord says that that's true for all of us, right? We were called in our mother's womb, right? Before we were born, the word says he knew us, okay? So let's look at a summary of all these hinenis, hinenu. When we say this, Right? When we say, here I am, that means God can do something big. God can do something that shifts the narrative of our lives and the lives of those around us. We see this over and over in the narrative of Scripture. And what goes along with it? You have God's promise. You have God's covenant. Right, The covenant with Abraham. The covenant with Moses. You have reconciliation. You have the beginning of, of a journey. You have the fulfillment of a promise to Jacob when he finally sees his son. And they all starts with Hineni. Surrender is connected to the fulfillment of promise and covenant in the scriptures. Now, I want to make a little side note here. Now, this is not a formula, right? For, uh, for, for God. We, there's, God doesn't work on formulas. What I mean is that we can't just say, okay, here I am, and expect what we want to happen then to happen, or expect God to act, right? We are his servants, right? But I'm just, I'm talking about a, uh, rather than a formula, I'm talking about a connection in scripture. There's a principle here. Well, generally, when we say, here I am, that is generally when the Lord moves on our behalf. Amen? Does that make sense? Right? There's no formula. So in other words, um, like when Yeshua was healing people in, during his ministry, there wasn't a, a, a formula for getting healed, right? Some people would say, okay, I want you to go wash in that pool over there. 
And some people, he would like take some mud and rub it on their eyes, right? So we don't want to put the Lord in a box, but we want to know his principles. Amen? All right. Um, in doing research for this sermon, I came across uh, a woman uh, by the name of Esther uh, Young Rice, I think it's pronounced, uh, Young Rice, and she was known as the Jewish Billy Graham, right? And which is a name that uh, she she was kind of like wondering at at first, but eventually she she liked it. Why was she called that? Well, she was a very charismatic Rebbitzin, which is a, a term for a rabbi's wife. And uh, she came out of, actually, the concentration camps as a young girl, but her family was able to escape, and they moved to America. And she had this whole ministry where she would draw um, kind of secular Jews or Jews that were sort of in the world back to Torah and back to godly values, right? So, um, and she said she was Orthodox, but she wasn't concerned about denomination. She was concerned about the Torah being living and active in people's lives, right? Can you guess the name of her, of her organization that she started? Hineni. It's called the Hineni Heritage Center, right? It's just a small example of a life where a person said, here I am. The same is true, of course, for Bi the, the real Billy Graham, right? Not the Jewish one, but the real one, right? And everyone that has made an impact on on the world and an impact around those around them has said this at some point. Now, I, I didn't tell you this, but there's actually someone else in scripture who says hineni that is not the examples I gave, right? Not, not in the example. So can, are there any guesses as to the last hineni sayer? I, I'm hearing Isaiah, I'm hearing Yeshua, all right? Uh, I'm going to read actually from the book of Isaiah, all right? This is from Isaiah 52, verses 4 through 6. For thus says Adonai Elohim, long ago my people went down to Egypt to live there as aliens, and Ashur, or Assyria, oppressed them for no reason. So now... What should I do here, asks Adonai, since my people were carried off for nothing? Their oppressors are howling, says Adonai, and my name is always being insulted daily. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, on that day, they will know that I, the one speaking, here I am. The Lord says, Hineni. Hashem says, here I am divine reversal. Again, in Isaiah 58, uh, this is verses 8 through 10, um, the Lord, Isaiah is talking about, uh, the context is that the people are fasting, right? But they're not doing it uh, with godly intentions, right? They're doing it to get attention, but they're not doing tikkun olam. They're not following Torah. They're not helping the poor. So this is what it says. Then your light will burst forth like the morning. Your new skin will quickly grow over your wound. Your righteousness will precede you, and Adonai's glory will follow you. Then you will call, and Adonai will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Hineni, here I am. If you remove the yoke from under you, from among you, stop false accusation and slander. 
generously offer food to the hungry and meet the needs of the person in trouble. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom become like noon. Right? So this is something that is normally reserved for humans only, right? To say hineni. If for us, it's surrender. It's surrender to Hashem. But what does it mean for the Lord to say this, hineni? Rabbi Russ Resnick wrote about this uh, use of hineni in Isaiah 52, and I'm going to quote him here. Hineni appears in this passage as a remez, a rabbinic Hebrew term for a hint or a clue in Scripture. When he says hineni, God is talking like a man, hinting that the greater self-revelation he promises will entail revealing himself in human form. He will come to his people as one of them who can say hineni in their midst. See how the Lord turns that around? Isaiah follows up this truth with a rhapsodic passage beginning, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Isaiah 52, verse 7. His whole book could really end here with the glorious promise of return and restoration for all Israel, a return that reveals God in his fullness, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 52, verse 10. But after this crescendo, right, just seven verses after the mysterious Hineni comes another Hine, a behold, this time referring to who? Isaiah 53, the servant of the Lord, whose story is told in that chapter. This servant is clearly human and suffers as a man, but is also introduced as the one who will be, what, high and lifted up, a title only reserved for the Lord. A phrase that Isaiah uses in two other places, one before this and one after, to describe the supreme God himself, unquote. In other words, perhaps God is giving us a signal here in Isaiah that he himself will say hineni to intervene in history and change the narrative forever through Yeshua the Messiah, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. God is truly Emmanuel. He is the Lord with us. Abraham's hineni, when Abraham said, here I am, When Jacob said, here I am, they were precursors, right, to the Lord himself saying, here I am in the midst of you. The more that we surrender, it seems like the more that he can show himself to be God, that he can be Emmanuel, God with us. So why does surrender come along with God's hineni? Why why are they connected? I would say it's because of covenant. Remember, God covenanted with Abraham, right? I will make you into a great nation to be a blessing to all the nations. God's covenant at Sinai with Moshe to keep the Torah. God's covenant with David, right? Remember that? He said, I will bring you, right, a a descendant that will rule on my throne forever. And the Davidic covenant God's covenant with David, there were no stipulations for David. It was just just a promise of God's faithfulness, right? God's hineni, when he says hineni, it's like a divine reversal. He's becoming human, right? He's intervening. It's kind of like the Russian reversal. Have you ever heard of the Russian reversal? 
uh, Yakov Smirnov made this popular. Uh, so uh, it, he'd say something like, uh, you know, in America, you watch television, but in Soviet Russia, television watches you. Right? So it's like a little bit, oh, okay. So there's actually divine reversal in, in the scripture of the Davidic covenant. Would you like to hear it? This is really cool. So this is in 2 Samuel 7. And the context is David wants to build a house, a temple for the Lord. And God comes back to him um, through the prophet Nathan. And this is what it says. Moreover, Adonai tells you that Adonai will make you a house. When your days come to an end and you sleep with your ancestors, I will establish one of your descendants to succeed you, one of your own flesh and blood, and will set up his rulership. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. If he does something wrong, I will punish him with a rod and blows, just as everyone gets punished. Nevertheless, my grace will not leave him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Thus your house and your kingdom will be made secure forever before you. Your throne will be set up forever. Right? So David's son in the natural, of course, was Solomon. But there's only so much that we can understand this to be just about Solomon. It has to be about a king that would rule forever in the line of David, which can only be the Messiah. Right? But here's the reversal. David wanted to build a house for God, but in ancient Israel... God built a house for David. Huh? You see it? Right? So David is concerned, I want to build you a house. And the Lord turns it around and says, no, hineni, here I am. I will build up your house, meaning your dynasty. Right? I will make a covenant with you to bring the Messiah to Israel. Yeshua's hineni, as the Messiah, fulfills all of these covenants. Right? It does it, it fulfills it, and it empowers Israel to fulfill the covenant. The Abrahamic covenant, being a blessing to all nations. The Mosaic covenant, Yeshua put Torah in our hearts, right? He fulfills that. The Davidic covenant, Yeshua is the king, Messiah, shepherd, just like David, who brings these covenants to fulfillment. So it's my sense that surrender to God's calling and will is a process, And sometimes there are rooms in the house, right, that we don't want to give over to Hashem. So maybe if we've been walking with the Lord for a few years, maybe think of our our lives as a big mansion, right? And some, some rooms, maybe we haven't let him in yet, right? Or maybe we haven't let him in at all. Abraham's Hineni gave up his most important possession to Hashem, his only son, God's Hineni did the same thing. Amen? God gave up his most important possession. God gave up his only son when he said, here I am. So shouldn't our Hineni mirror that, mirror Abraham and mirror Yeshua? I recently uh, got to pray with a brother um, after he sensed God's calling to begin involvement in a, in a ministry here at Tikvot. So it was, it was very applicable. And he, he, he felt that pull. I could see that urge, right? And, um, but also this brother said, here I am. He was willing 
right, in response to the Lord's call. And just the joy and the release that I saw there, it was, you could feel it, right? This was the beginning of a journey of learning for this individual in our community. There are lots of areas for growth here in our congregation, right? We're not done growing. So, what can you do? You could talk to an elder. You could talk to a shamash or a ministry leader, right? If the Lord puts that on your heart, let's make it real, right? Even if it's to become a student, maybe the Lord is putting something on your heart that will not come to fruition for many years, right? But you say, you know, for what I want to do, I need to learn Hebrew. So I'm going to go, what? I'm going to go talk to Wayne, right? Right? I want that. I want to know what a pot is and, and what a knife is in, in the Hebrew language, right? Okay? Because those of us who know Hebrew, right, clarine, right, you had to, some point the Lord had to put it on your heart to learn it, right? You didn't just come, come out of the womb speaking Hebrew like you do now, right? Right? So it's a process, right? So if the Lord lays that on your heart, talk to the person that's here, right? So that we can get going on it. So in conclusion, covenant and surrender are connected. We want to follow Yeshua's model. Yeshua fulfilled this, and he enables us to fulfill it. The divine reversal of Yeshua that enables us to say hineni. Wherever you are in your journey, the Lord says hineni in Yeshua the Messiah. The Lord says, here I am in Yeshua. And for those who have not surrendered to Yeshua at all, or if you have maybe one room in your house, right, that you have not surrendered, right, you haven't said, here I am in this area, Let's pray together. Amen. Father, Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we surrender to you. We say, here I am, Hineni, for your good purpose, O God, for the building up of your community. Help us to hear your call, to respond with joy, because we know that you are faithful to your covenant. You are faithful to Israel you will be faithful to us, oh God. And uh, we thank you for your compassion and your mercy. Help us to continue to walk out who you have made us to be and to continually surrender, continually offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to you because you did it first. You said, Hineni, in Yeshua the Messiah. And if we have not surrendered our lives to Yeshua and to his atoning work on the tree, Lord, um, I just invite anyone who hears my voice to make that, make that hineni, Lord, to make that surrender, because in Yeshua, we have everything that we need, O oh God, for life and godliness. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.